Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, back to Purple Daily in just a moment here. Federated Mutual Insurance Company has been supporting Purple Daily and also Mackie and Judd for uh, for quite some time, and we've also uh, we've also been uh, been granted My Shield through Federated Insurance. You're a business owner too. My Shield is the online client destination for risk management resources. If you're a business owner, think about how helpful it would be for you to have employee training at your fingertips, industry resources that can help your business reach another level of success. All the things that could involve a risk, just think about them at your company. Company vehicles, ladders, tools, machinery. Well, do you have policies in place? Do you have directions? Do you have instructions? Do you have training? Think about all the things that you might need as a business owner. Well, that's where MyShield and Federated come in. You can visit federatedinsurance.com or download the app. And uh, you can also find contact information for your Federated marketing representative. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. You gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? Deshaun Watson officially has requested a trade from the Houston Texans, Greeny. As it turns out, he did this days ago. So it is official now. Deshaun Watson will want out of Houston. The head coaching hire of David Culley makes no difference. It does not change his feelings one bit. Deshaun Watson has requested a trade from the Houston Texans. This now vaults to the top of the offseason storylines. We will wait to see where Deshaun Watson goes this offseason. Speculation. Oh, Shefty bomb. A Shefty bomb. Once again, the NFL offseason about to be better than the season. Oh, my God. I love I love it. Like the NFL and the NBA have just mastered the two or three months speculative offseason. And just like baseball has mastered it. It's been great. Oh, wait. Yeah. What's yeah, Mike, never mind about baseball. Mike right. Trout, my sources tell me, will be going to Mexico for a vacation. <laughs> like Mike Trout just like locks himself in a hyperbaric chamber for four months and then goes back to playing late night games on the West Coast. So this is Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, Daily Vikings Entertainment on Apple, Spotify, Scornorth.com and the Scornorth app, and on our YouTube channel, Purple Daily. And we're gonna sort of combine a couple things on Mackey and Judd, our other show every Thursday. It's Reckless Speculation Thursday, and Judd threw out a trade proposal, hypothetically, to land Deshaun Watson. So what we're going to do here on today's episode is we're going to combine our How to Fix the Vikings series 
with Reckless Speculation Thursday a little bit because everything we're going to do is is very speculative here. And the major distinction for today's show, because a couple weeks ago we did a five-step plan for fixing the Vikings in 2021. Like if 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 their goal is to be as good as possible in 2021, what are the things that they need to do? We both threw out plans. Declan sort of uh, picked elements from both and graded us. So we're going to do the same thing today, but instead of for 2021, the goal is to make the Vikings a Super Bowl contender for the window of 2023 through 2025. So the so the premise here is if we don't necessarily think it's realistic to say that they're just going to jump in and win a Super Bowl next year. Like there's just too many things to fix. So we're going to give you we are ownership and we are going to give you a 2-year runway to build a Super Bowl contender for 2023, 24, and 25. Five-step plan to make that happen. We'll start with Judd Zolgad, then I'll go, and then Declan will tell us which elements he's Which parts get. he likes. So I'm going with, when we did this uh, for the immediate uh, future, 2021, a couple weeks ago, I think I went almost exclusively, if not exclusively, exclusively with on-the-field stuff, like fix your cornerbacks. Fix the guards. Actually, all five of mine were just the five offensive line positions. Left tackle, left guard. So I am going to go some on the field, but some off as well. Because to me, this part of the exercise is more of a big picture approach than it is just positionally or certain spots. Now, I will hit on some positions. Uh, I'll start from the bottom and work, work my way up. Number five. And this might sound weird, but number five on my list is draft philosophy. Okay. Last year you had what? Um, I believe an NFL record was it fifteen or seventeen draft picks? I think it was fifteen. But anyway, it was an incredible amount of draft picks, and part of it was the philosophy of hey, we're picking here in the third round, but let's trade back and get uh, two fourth rounders and a seventh round pick because Rick loves seventh round picks. And I'm calling this quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's not. And I realize the draft, in it, by its nature, it is a crapshoot. But think about the amount of times now that Spielman does trade back when he is when he is sitting on a potential player that he could pick who might be pretty good yeah. because he wants three more picks instead of taking that player. Okay. Yeah. So he, yeah, he loves quantity. So yeah. so the draft. I've got two things here: draft philosophy. It should not be the default to trade back to get more more draft picks. Take the best player available where you're drafting unless you absolutely think that there's garbage right there, okay? And the second thing is we are done with taking kickers, punters, and long snappers, all right? You can sign those guys. You can find those guys. And this notion that, oh, we're going to get really cute and take a guy with a big leg um, (laughs) who we're going to present to a coach who absolutely hates young specialists is incredibly stupid. So your draft philosophy is my fifth one of things that to win a Super Bowl in, let's say, three years needs to change. My fourth one is immediate, but it's incredibly important because it affects the long term. You need to have your head around and resolve the Daniil Hunter situation as soon as possible. And here's why. If a lot of people don't think it's a situation. But it's it's going to be, right? Because he is going to come to them and say, I'm coming off a neck problem. I... The last time I played was an outstanding player. I want to be one of the highest paid 
pass rushing ends in the National Football League, which is akin to very good quarterback money. Right now, he is a ridiculous 18th. That is stupid. So if you go to over the cap right now and look, Daniil Hunter is the 18th highest paid pass rushing end in the league. That's criminal. But where this is incredibly important to me is if you can get him locked up to a fair contract long-term and he can come back from the neck problem, there is no reason why in two or three years he can't be an absolutely crucial part to you potentially winning a Super Bowl. If he says, I have to be number one on that list, and you say we can't do that, there is absolutely no reason why I shouldn't be able to work out a trade that puts me in a in a position to have some to get some very key draft pick pieces that again could help me. So this needs to be, in my opinion, resolved because either way it plays an enormous potential role, Phil, in the foundation of your future. So I will I will withhold some comments on this because I also have something regarding Daniel Hunter in my blueprint. But I just want to say I think the Vikings should be really careful about just like bristling immediately at paying him more money. If they deem him to be healthy and they deem him to have five years of pass rushing prime left, we're talking about a Hall of Fame caliber pass rusher that you're going to need to win a Super Bowl. So I would I would be careful just being like, oh, the guy wants more money. Oh, like he's the type of guy you pay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Is that how the conversation goes? <laughs> It's like it's like Indiana Jones. The face is melting once they finally open up. <laughs> I love, but I, I love how it's like. Oh, Daniel Hunter wants more money, but here's another fourteen million for Anthony Barr. Like, yeah. but know. anyway, resolve it. All right. Okay. So, so pick your path when it comes to Daniel Hunter and its future. Sure. Number three on my list is again shifts back. It's a positional, but shifts to philosophy, your philosophical approach. Because, in my opinion, one of the shortcomings of the Spielman regime, and where Childress actually sort of got it right and Rick does not, offensive line as a whole. All right. Number one, who is going to replace Riley Reef? Because he is going to be gone soon, if not in 2021. He's going to be gone in 2022. But that is your left tackle your blindside protector of your QB. And then, as part of my offensive line summit, so I'm calling a summit, (laughs) we're going to talk about offensive line play and its importance for one straight week. You need to set standards on guards. I feel like guards in the Vikings' mind are relief pitchers in baseball circa 1976. Hey, you're a failed starter, son, but you know I should go ah, to the bullpen. You should go smoke some cigarettes in the bullpen, and we'll call you in, in the sixth, and then we'll have you throw your arm out, okay? Like, think about how the difference in bullpen usage has shifted now mm-hmm. to, like, it's very important pieces to the, the puzzle. Yeah. Well, guards are, too. But the best teams in baseball don't, like, spend first-round picks on relievers. They develop those guys, But that's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. This My summit is, how do we get there without just going basically wild and saying, we got to take first round guards. How do we get there? One week, day and night summit on offensive line play. My second one, not going to surprise you, and I'm sure it's on your list as well, is the quarterback. And this is why the Deshaun Watson thing is so intriguing. Because this solves your problem for how long? A long time. Mm -hmm. This solves a problem that's been a problem in this town if we are being honest and rip the band-aid off that goes back to the day in 1978 that Fran Tarkington walked away, okay? We're talking about 
the most important position in sports, and we're talking about a franchise that has taken some shots but has never succeeded in a long-term resolution. Um, the quarterback, it has become more important, not less important, to have this position solved. It needs to be solved. It's high time, and I don't care if Spielman and Zim do it. I don't care who does it. The enemy, that's fine too, but it needs to be resolved because you can't watch the elite quarterbacks in this league and think to yourself, yeah, but I can win a Super I can get by. Like, don't give me this. Ah, Delfer, remember Delfer and Brad Johnson? No, don't give me that crap, okay? I hate That's like my biggest Solve review. Is the problem. Like, well, I mean, the Ravens won with Joe Flacco. Well, one, he was on a rookie deal, so they they could use the rest of their money to build a monster roster. But, like, two, that happens, like, once every... There, so the last twenty years, there, there's a Brad Johnson, there's a Joe Flacco, and there's a Trent Dilfer. Two of them had all-time defenses. Like it's not the blueprint to be putting all your eggs in. Yep. Let's just let's just put that way. So that's two, and then two and one on my list of how to solve the Vikings' problems and make them a Super Bowl team long term. Two and one are going to tie together directly because one is the GM and coach, and who runs this team, and very importantly what their philosophy is when it comes to football. Are they defense first? Do they say, I have my defensive guys will be really good. And I say, yeah, you might be really good, but that's a long shot. Okay. Um, I need people that understand offense. I need people that don't say, you know what I'd like to do today. And I, I say, what's that Mike? And he says, I'd like to run the ball all day long. Okay. That doesn't work. So uh, one and two are obvious and they're incredibly important. And that is, how are you going to solve GM, coach, and by extension, quarterback? And right now, I think Spielman into Zim into Cousins doesn't work. That doesn't mean that all three are a disaster, but it does mean I think you need to be probably on a different path, at least okay. somewhere. All right. So those are those are Judd's five moves or five themes to fix the Vikings for a Super Bowl window run 2023 through 2025. My list is actually like I took a little bit of a different or I took a more specific approach to this. I like that you went with themes good, because those themes are important. But I, I took a more specific approach. Love it. And and the number one thing on my list, which we'll get to in just a second, is a very aggressive, specific thing that involves the quarterback position. But before we get there, Declan, uh-huh. tell the audience what your favorite carbonated beverage is. Oh, it's Corona Hard Seltzer. And after yes. reading those or hearing those five ideas from Judd, I'm going to need, I need to spew on some Corona Hard Seltzer to figure out which ones I like the most here. We need a Brian Baldinger review for like Declan's Corona Hard Seltzer ventures on the weekend. When you get a freebie, you can't miss. You you get a freebie Blackberry Lime, I feel like you should. When you get a freebie, you can't miss. Can't do it. I feel Dex, like you're almost obligated to crush the cans. I have to. I crush them (laughs) over my skull. Like Baldy would crush the cans. Yeah, I do the stone cold. No, do the, uh, remember the Sandman from ECW? Oh yeah, I remember Sandman. He would would crush them against his head like until his forehead bled. Yeah, that was was me uh, uh, in first five weeks of the season watching Kirk Cousins. So I know that (laughs) very, very well. Corona Hard Seltzer is the only hard seltzer with Pure Beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. All right, boys. Buckle up. Because I'm starting with number one and working my way to five. Okay. All right. I'm not even going to make you wait for it. 
These are five moves to turn the Vikings into a Super Bowl contender between 2023 and 2025. So I'm not saying they're going to have to be a train wreck for two years, but what we're going to just we're going to go through a period of transition here, okay? And we're going to be okay with it. Peaceful transition or not peaceful transition? Uh, It's up to them. It's up to the Wolves. It's up to Rick. All right. Number one, we're going to break up with Kirk Cousins and trade for Deshaun Watson. I'll get to the Cousins part in just a second. You're all in. I am trade. The number one thing I'm doing is trading for Deshaun Watson. These types of guys only come available when they're 38 years old. Tom Brady, Drew Brees finally became a free agent in the last you know couple couple free agency cycles, and Brett Favre. They don't. When when I say these guys, I mean like top five bona fide dudes at the most important position in professional sports. You have a rare opportunity to land one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for potentially like the next decade, which the Vikings have been looking for for a long, long time, my whole life, basically since Fran Tarkenton. Dante was there for a couple years. And to do this, and again, we'll talk about the Cousins thing in a second. I am trading my next three first-round picks, a third-round pick this year, and my second-round pick next year. So I'm trading five really good draft picks. And if they want more, we can have that discussion. But that's my starting conversations. I'm trading my next three first-round picks, uh-huh. a third this year, and a second next year. And you might be thinking, well, then, what are you going to do? Like, So you're going to bring in Deshaun Watson. What are you going to do with the rest of the roster without those picks? And that's a great question, which brings me to <laughs> item number two on my list. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trade over the next two years, preferably as soon as possible, just to expedite this process valuable veterans who won't be part of the 2023 to 25 window for winning a Super Bowl to get more draft capital to replenish the draft capital I just traded. You're trading Dalvin Cook. You're seeing why Phil Mackey is a four-time fantasy baseball Roto League champion here. Okay, Okay. Always a step ahead of the competition. I want more first, second, and third round picks. You're trading Polly Goldschmidt, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) Paul Goldschmidt, gone. Sorry. Nolan Arenado, gone. Gone. So here's what's going to happen. Kirk Cousins, I'm trading him for anything because I have to just move his contract out. So if the 49ers want to give a fifth-round pick, I I go to the Niners and I say, listen, we're about to land Deshaun Watson. Sorry you didn't get him, okay? Uh, We know know that you're in discussions with Matt Stafford. Whatever the Lions are are asking for Matt Stafford, we'll ask for less for your guy, Kirk Cousins, Kyle Shanahan. So maybe it's only like a fourth-round pick. Ideally, you would get a second or a third-round pick or something, but maybe it's a fourth-round pick. I'm moving him out. I'm also trading in the next two years because, again, the idea here is I just traded a ridiculous amount of draft capital for Deshaun Watson. I need draft capital back to build this thing up over the next two years. Adam Thielen will be 33 years old in 2023. I'm trading him to the Patriots or somebody like a a wide receiver starved team, the Eagles. You like white receivers, right? (laughs) He's Julian Edelman, but a little more athletic, I guess. Um, the Eagles could use a wide receiver. There's other teams that could use weapons. The Dolphins could use a wide receiver. Somebody would give up like a second round pick for an Adam Thielen, uh, who is still in his prime. Eric Kendricks is going to be 31 years old when that oh! window hits. I'm trading Eric Kendricks oh, for a second round pick. I'm sorry. The goal is 2023, and I've already traded for Deshaun Watson. Uh, and Harrison Smith, I don't know. He's. So you fired Mike. You've got fired Mike on your list. Don't, I can feel it in my bones. Don't spoil it. I can feel too it much. in my bones. You're firing him. No spoilers. You heartless son of a. No spoilers. 
Harrison Smith, I don't know if you can even trade him because he doesn't have any guaranteed money left. So, like, he's you're probably going to sign him to an extension, then trade him, which is kind of a bait and switch. <laughs> but I'm looking to get more draft capital back because it's a logical question. You can't trade all those picks for Deshaun Watson and then fill all the rest of the holes. That's why you got to get you got to get more picks back. Okay. And I would even consider trading Dalvin Cook. Um, and, and I know that this is going to hurt you offensively for the next couple of years, but. Break up with Cousins, trade for Watson, replenish the draft capital. Those are my first two moves, okay? okay. Move number three, I use the draft capital that I have left over the next couple of years, and I'm hoping that I restock those cupboards. I'm using that draft capital in this order of priority. Offensive line, and I probably need two to three spots solidified. I'm going to have some free agency money, too, because I'm can. You know, i getting rid of some contracts here. i probably say goodbye to Barr. Uh, I feel good about Brian O'Neill and Ezra Cleveland going forward. I'm very wishy-washy on Garrett Bradbury. And then the other two spots are wide open long-term because Riley Reef is in his 30s. So I'm using draft capital in order of priority on offensive line, pass rush, and another dynamic pass-catching weapon, either another wide receiver or a tight end. All right? Item number four, I am replacing Mike Zimmer with an offensive-minded head coach. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. So sure, cool. Eric Bieniemy or a Brian is it pronounced Brian Dable or Dable Brian, uh, oh, Brian. Off, offensive coordinator for the Bills. Yeah, who has he's also part of the Belichick tree, which makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, but people in Buffalo seem to rave about him. Yep, and he had a couple one year stints as offensive coordinator in Miami when they were a disaster in Cleveland for a minute. But so, you're getting an offensive minded guy. Yeah, and you're gonna I hear you. And you're, there's, it's, there's no guarantee. Like you might whiff on this coach, but these are the chances that we're, we're going to have to take around here right. if, if we. Uh, want this team to win a Super Bowl. Right. The goal is to maximize Deshaun Watson, maximize offense in a league that uh, you got to score 30 points to win these games. And the Vikings do right now, but I need a guy who can avoid like, modern. pressure up the middle, okay? So, and the fifth thing is I make sure Daniil Hunter is happy, healthy, and under contract, even if it means paying him more money. Because you're going to need a great pass rush to win a Super Bowl in 2023, 24, 25. And Neil Hunter will still be in his pass rushing prime when that window hits. And so um, I know that giving him a new contract now seems impossible because you're just like pressed up against the cap. You're in salary cap hell. But we're talking about over the next two years, organizing the house here. And I'm okay paying a top five quarterback and I'm okay paying the best pass rusher in the NFL and then figuring out, I don't need to pay a safety $10 million anymore. Sorry, Zim. I don't need to pay a linebacker $14 million anymore, Anthony Barr. Like, that's not how we're going to operate anymore in the next two years if I'm running the show. Or a running back. Or a running back $12 million. Like, I'll pay a pass rusher, I'll pay a quarterback, and then I'd rather go cheap on some of those other positions. So, mm-hmm. sign Deshaun Watson, replenish draft capital by trading veterans who won't be relevant in 2023 for your team. Use the draft capital that you have left to focus on offensive line, pass rush, and a dynamic pass-catching weapon to pair with Justin Jefferson. Replace Mike Zimmer with a more offensive-minded modern coach and make sure Daniil Hunter is happy. And your trade again, me now. And your trade again with the Texans was three first-round picks? Three first-round picks, a third this year, and a second next year, and open to talk more. Open to, okay. Open to talk more. Okay. Yep. All right. All right, Declan, what would you think? All right, law and order here. Um... From five to one of your guys' list, I'm going to go with offensive line philosophy. So Judd's idea of offensive line philosophy. This is from this is five to one. Five to one okay. from being the most yeah from the least. So to the my most summit. Important. Yeah, your offensive line offensive philosophy line summit. summit 
uh, to fix whatever the problem is with drafting these guys. I, I, I do think you can, good quarterbacks, the best quarterbacks, make up for those deficiencies if you're going to find the elite quarterback, but I think it's number five on this list. Okay. Number four would be resolve the Daniel Hunter situation. He's criminally underpaid. He is obviously unhappy. He's coming off major neck surgery. You have to figure out either if you want to pay this guy or trade him for the valuable assets. So that is number four on this list. Number three, I, I do like Phil's idea of trading those valuable veterans for the draft capital. You know, the NFL is not a league where we see in-season trades. It's the most boring of the trade deadlines of the four major sports. Um, but that doesn't mean in the offseason you can't make the call and, and do something on draft day to trade those guys who are up there in age. I mean, I, we all love Adam Thielen, or every Minnesotan, I guess, loves Adam Thielen. But at the same time, you're going to have to move on from him at some point. And if you can get a second or third round pick when his value is hot, you got to strike then. Number two is break up with Kirk and trade for Deshaun Watson. Uh, if, if our overarching theme is find your franchise quarterback, find it, right? But it's, that's easier said than done. You can't just find it. You can't just take dartboards and, and figure out if, you, if, if Christian Ponder's going to be it or if the BYU kid's going to be it. But we do know who Deshaun Watson is. So that's established. Yes. Like that is your franchise quarterback right there. So break up with Kirk. And trade for Deshaun. And this is such a unique opportunity. Exactly. Like, it's just so unique. And I know that a lot of people continue to say, well, wait a second. Aren't you guys all about, for for winning a Super Bowl, you guys keep throwing out that 90% of Super Bowl winning teams have a quarterback on a rookie-scale contract or a Hall of Famer. Uh, Well, Deshaun Watson's not on a rookie-scale contract, and so do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Well, I mean, obviously he's not right now, but he's he's a top-five quarterback in the NFL right now, and he is... he's. On that path, if he gets into the right infrastructure, to knock on the door of being a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, like he's closer to that quite a bit than Kirk Cousins is. Yeah, so I'm more oh, comfortable I'm paying him yeah. a lot of money. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's fun to go probably draft a quarterback, and and obviously it'd be great, but at the same time, it's still an unknown. Like Trevor Lawrence, even though he's probably the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, could be a bust. Like that is a possibility. I don't see Deshaun Watson falling off a cliff next season if he's on the Jets or the Texans. Like no. I don't see that happening. And then number one, as, as this pains me to say because I've always defended the guy, but it's replacing Mike Zimmer with an offensive-minded coach. At this point, I think your defense, the era of running an elite defense is over. Um, you can have a great defense. That's fine. But honestly, it's situational defense. That's when you need your yes. defense to oh, come in high. It. And his teams have, to his credit, his teams have also been great situationally sure. over the years on third down and red zone. Look, but you're right. Packer fans rip Mike Pettin up and down, right? And rightfully so. But on fourth and six. With six seconds left in the half, single high, that play changed the game, dude. Uh-huh. You, like, it changed the game completely. You picked off Tom Brady three or four times. Everything was great with mostly what you did on defense. You made one humongous mistake, and it possibly cost you the game. Yeah. So it's not having a, 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 an elite defense, and if you have one linchpin out, then everything collapses. So it's replacing Mike Zimmer with an offensive-minded coach. Love I it. think Mike Zimmer's still the best coach in yeah. my lifetime, but you got to find the Kingsbury, whoever the hell it is, that's your number one. So five through one would be offensive line summit. Judd. Uh resolved to Neil Hunter ASAP. Not that kind of summit. Not that kind. Of, ugh, not that kind. Well, of summit. no, you could have summit at the summit. Oh, you. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're talking about the. Yeah, sorry, I, okay. de- I derailed this. I'm no, sorry. that's okay. Number four, resolved oh, to Neil Hunter no, ASAP. <laughs> Three, trade your valuable veterans for draft capital. Two, break up with Kirk. Trade for Deshaun. Number one, replacing Mike Zimmer yep. with an offensive line coach. We just fixed the Vikings. Long-term. Yeah. Long-term, yeah. Uh, I, got, I got a nugget for you guys here just in terms of philosophy. Maybe we can flesh this out on a future episode in terms of defense or offense. So I agree on the situational defense thing. That's very important. You want to make sure that 
you want to make sure that you're you're stout in the red zone defensively and on third down. I don't care as much if if you're allowing like if if the lack of blue chip players on defense because you've committed to putting those players on offense prevents you from stopping teams at the 50 yard line, you know, a, a three and out, they can gain yards. I'm fine with that. Offensively this year, the four teams that made it to the championship weekend were all in the top five offensively in points per game. Defensively, yards per play, I just pulled up yards per play here. So different metric, but the Buccaneers were sixth in yards per play allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, they were not really anywhere near the Rams or a couple of these other teams defensively. So the Buccaneers had a really good defense. They were sixth in yards per play. The Bills were 15th. The Chiefs were 20th. And the Packers were 17th. So of the, of the four teams left, the Buccaneers were top six. The others were all 15th or worse in yards per play allowed defensively. Yep. And when you have, they're fine. When you have an <laughs> offense or quarterbacks that are fantastic, guess what? Yeah. You can get by. Yep. So, I mean, I really think some hard decisions. If you want to go from good to great and win a Super Bowl, I'm not saying that they have to take all the things in these blueprints, but it would be smart well, to listen to us. You're going to have to have some tough, uncomfortable conversations and about people and philosophy. That's what I was going to say. I, I think that that so the list that we put together two weeks back, I think, was very much a GM coach discussion. And then, you know, bring in your scouts. This one that we had today to me is one thing. Ownership. Because, like, these are things that I don't think that Rick and Mike are going to change about how they do things. Yeah. So, like, I don't think that you can just tell Rick, okay, dude, you know what? This trading back thing has gotten really old. And I get that you uh, get a lot of prospects that you like. But the reality is you're passing on good players yeah. now. Bro, you had 15 rookies on your team last year. Yeah, so I, so I do think that today's episode of Purple Daily is focused on very difficult discussions that the people who own this team are going to or should have. Yeah. So there it is. Make the call, Rick. Make the call. Make the call. Or to us. We to will Houston. also help you Deshaun, facilitate. Deshaun Watson is available. This is, I'm, I, let me pull up Adam Schefter's, because Adam, Adam Schefter actually expanded on this on Twitter here. Okay. He um, he doesn't know how to use Twitter threads, so somebody might. There's got to be a social media person at that conglomerate that can help him. He just like retweets the thing instead of putting a thread in these. Just oh, like go me. find these. Yeah, it's got, that's a Judd move. Yeah, just, yeah. just okay. he's challenged. He's Twitter challenged. It's okay. okay. Yeah. So he's all guys are Twitter challenged. Deshaun Watson officially has requested a trade from the Texans. He actually did it weeks ago, and now it's just coming out. Deshaun Watson hasn't spoken to new Texans GM Nick Casario nor executive Jack Easterby. Watson is moving on and waiting to see where his NFL future takes him. The new coaching hire, David Culley, has not and will not alter Watson's thinking. Here's Houston's leverage if used. They can find Deshaun Watson almost a hundred grand for missing minicamp. They can find him fifty grand per day for each day of training camp missed, plus one week salary, six hundred thousand dollars for each preseason game missed. If Deshaun Watson decides to retire, the Texans can collect $21.6 million from him. They're going to have to trade so. him. They're going to have to trade him, and and a top-five quarterback in this league is available. Think about the opportunity. Like, I'm not talking about, well, Matthew Stafford might be nice, right? Okay, he might be. I don't know. Deshaun Watson, a top. And the thing is, and he's smart to demand a trade right now, 
The Houston Texans, for comparison's sake, sadly, are the Wolves. And that's what he sees. Like, this is, if and when Cat demands a trade, it's going to be the same type of thing. I feel like there's a little bit more, if not a lot more, like, racist undertones. No, but I'm just saying there's a directionless. They, guys, I, I know what you're saying. Guys, they just hired a 65-year-old position coach. A 65, the oldest head coach and they did, ever hired. The, Why? To, to, to hold to, people's to, hands. And to, well, they did it to placate Watson, too, right? Didn't, I mean, this, well, partially, this reeks to me like, hey, we hired but, a black coach. I, I like less, but when you're you're down to two guys who are, one is 65, and less is, look, he is a stabilizer for sure. You are doing it because your franchise is a mess. Like, you're not even dealing in football. You're dealing in we have screwed this up relationship-wise with people beyond belief. That's why he, he wants out, and I think Watson's right. I get up. <laughs> Rick, don't, don't laugh, Rick. Make the call. Come to Minnesota. <laughs> Make the call. Yeah, Rick, you sit down and listen. That's a wrap on today's episode. Five long-term fixes for the Vikings to get back into Super Bowl contention. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.